0: about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material.
1: Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> <laughs> JB, you Let's. start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent,
0: speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will
2: not
1: eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Oh, okay. my mother's listening. Your
2: ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good.
0: <laughs> he asks
2: questions of his celebrity guests
1: that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like Absolutely. where you're going with yep. this. For some reason... The word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. <laughs> and
0: he cannot stop talking about his buttocks.
1: I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por <laughs> This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The
3: one, the only, Adam Sank!
0: Bottom...
1: Yes! Today is Saturday, September 29th, and you are listening to The Adam Sank Show, the Podcast Award-nominated Adam Sank Show. And by the way, I believe the Podcast Awards are announced on the 30th, on Sunday the 30th. So if you're listening to this on the 29th, then remember to tune in the next day. Go to podcastawards.com for complete information. I am really hoping that that we win, but if we don't, I'm hoping that Derek and Romaine win. Um, we are not live, so don't call in. Um, leave your ratings and reviews for the ass on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this thing. Email me at adam at adamsank.com, ryan at ryan at adamsank.com, jb at jb at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page and whatever else you do, for God's sake, register to vote. Election Day is Tuesday, November 6th. Go to vote.org to find out how to register in your state. Ryan and JB and I are all in a bit of a state of shell shock. Hmm. Uh, we're all having PTSD from the first hour that we did, oh, which aired was a week ago.
3: Is not even the word. It was, uh, we the had moment. wonderful
1: guests and we had wonderful content, but everything that could possibly go wrong in a show went wrong. I feel wrong.
3: like we were off to a great start. Yes. Everything was, was there. We were clicking
1: on all cylinders. And
3: then it just went to
1: shit. It went to shit. Neither of our phoner guests were there when we expected them or needed them. And then during the second phoner, there was this horrible echo every time i spoke which by the way was not our fault no in any way it was the guest's phone yeah he denied it
3: if you're listening you know who you are and
1: it was your fucking phone anyway we are back this is going to be a much simpler show our guest today is a very sweet and talented man who I am, whom I adore, mm-hmm. Marty Thomas.
3: I'm really excited about this one.
1: Marty's b- been in several Broadway musicals. He is a a, a singer. He's a, a an actor. He's a dancer.
3: He's a fixture in the Broadway cabaret scene. Yes. So he's, he's always seen singing, and he has quite the voice.
1: Yes, and listeners, if you've ever been on a gay cruise, if you've ever been on an Atlantis or an RSVP cruise, you've probably seen Marty Thomas perform. They have him on all the time. And he's a, a terrific guy. And he's also here, by the way, JB. He messaged me. I, I hope that he's um, on his way up. You will here, hear the door rang. Okay. Because <laughs> one of the other things that's happened today is the elevators in the DNR studios have been wonky.
3: <laughs> because, of course. Is it a full moon? Uh, well, it is the autumnal equinox. Oh, yeah. Or it was last week.
1: Ryan, you're such a scientist.
3: Thank you. Um,
1: so, yes, yeah, so we'll be talking to Marty Thomas in just a little bit. But first, we haven't done this in a long time, and it's one of my favorite segments on the ass. I don't know if anybody else likes it, but I get a kick out of it because I'm a giant nerd. And these you are. You get a kick? T- thank you. I love it. These are 10 more strange but true facts.
3: We don't have a song for that.
1: No. <laughs> Um, these are uh, always Buzzfeed. Always provides me with these, and um, Buzzfeed doesn't give a lot of information on on the facts. So they just state the fact, and then I have to Google it and get all the additional information. Your life is hard. It's my life is hard. And it's a lot of work, but um, but here we go. This first one uh, kind of floored me. Anne Frank, as in the Diary of Anne Frank, yeah. Doctor Martin Luther King Jr., and Barbara Walters all have something in common. They were all born in the same year. Whoa. Yes, 1929 was the birth year for Anne Frank, Martin Luther King Jr., and Barbara Walters. Whoa. Yeah, Barbara Walters will turn 89. Uh, actually, by the, really? aired, uh, by the time this show aired, by the time this show aired, she already is 89. She turned 89 this past September 25th, just a few days ago. She looks great.
3: She looks amazing. And I cannot believe she. She's 89.
1: Well, and it's also... It highlights the tragedy of um, of Martin Luther King and Anne Frank not being here because they could both be here Sure. had they not been murdered. Right. So, um, not a real uplifting fact. But good for you, Barbara Walters, yes. that you're still going strong. J- JB, yeah. our, our guest, is uh, stuck down there, of course.
3: Hang on, Marty. We're okay. for
1: you. Number two. Carrots were originally purple.
3: That actually does not surprise me but why are they now orange? well and there still
1: are purple carrots if you go to like a fancy vegetable market sometime uh-huh. they have carrots in different colors including um, purple but most carrots as we know them today are orange um, originally they were purple there were some offshoots yellow and white ones that appeared in the in the wild over time 17th century dutch carrot growers managed to cultivate the yellow and white ones um, into the orange ones uh, with which we are now familiar and uh, the purple ones uh, as I said still exist they're in the minority and also um, the orange ones taste better
3: see purple is more my color <laughs> so now that I know that purple it goes carrots better exists, with your decor I'm gonna have to go with purple. but carrots.
1: yes orange carrots uh, may be a superfood when it comes to taste uh, a recent study showed that children said food tasted better um, if Wait, what? A recent study shows that children say food tastes better if their favorite cartoon character appears on the box, with one f- exception, carrots. Carrots, they thought, taste delicious regardless. Oh, that's nice. Fact number three, vending machines are twice as likely to kill you than a shark.
3: What? I believe it, <laughs> especially when you, like, bang on it when your shit doesn't come out. That's
1: exactly right. In the United States, the yearly risk of dying from a a shark attack, attack. that's when you shart in your pants. I have survived many of those. From a shark attack is roughly 1 in 250 million. By contrast, the yearly risk of dying from a vending machine accident is 1 in 112 million. Hmm. And yes, uh, they didn't detail how these vending machine accidents occur, but I think it does happen when you start shaking the machine and it falls on top of you and crushes you and you die. this one made me gag oh i'm ready hold on to your ready to gag. oxford university is older than the aztec empire uh, 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 ryan is gagging uh, uh, ryan has to be revived as early Do as you t- have
2: a gag reflex still? that's amazing
3: <laughs>
1: As early as 1096, teaching had begun at Oxford. By 1249, the University of Oxford had grown into a full-fledged university. Uh, but the origination, the origin of the Aztec civilization marked by uh, the, city, uh, the founding of the city of Tenochtitlan
3: didn't come until
1: 1325. Tenochtitlan was captured by Spanish conquerors in 1521, 196 years later. Oxford is not even the world's oldest university, by the way. India's Nalanda University had already been operating for hundreds of years um, when it was burnt down by invaders long before Oxford came along. But it's crazy that you can still enroll in Oxford. It's a thriving university, and it's older than the Aztec Empire. Uh, Here's another exciting and strange fact. France was still executing people with the guillotine when the first Star Wars film came out. Oh, dear. <laughs> the last guillotining in France took place in 1977 when someone named Hamida Jamboui uh, was convicted of murder. He had uh, tortured and raped his victims, and he was beheaded by the guillotine at Beaumet's prison uh, That's in Marseille.
3: Just, just really in Marseille. setting.
1: Uh, The method had not changed since the revolution, the French Revolution, when crowds, uh, including young children, uh, would come to watch the killing. France outlawed capital punishment altogether in 1981. So they're way ahead of the United States. Um, Here's a fun fact. Betty White is older than sliced bread.
3: Oh, my goodness.
1: America's sweetheart was born in 1922, six years before the Chillicothe Baking Company sold the very first loaf of sliced bread, which happened in 1928. Um, here's a clip of uh, them talking about this. B- Betty White was on the, uh, the late show with James Corden and um, Amari Stottemeyer, an uh, NBA star. Take a listen.
3: Sliced bread.
2: <laughs> sliced bread. Could you buy sliced bread when Betty White was born? What do you think? I mean, I assume sliced bread's been around for a long time. Mm. But so has Betty. What? What do you think? I think. It, I think my answer is. What do you think, Betty? Do you think? Do you know the answer to this? No, I don't. Okay. I don't I think, know anything. <laughs> what do we reckon? I think the answer is no. You're absolutely right. Sliced uh, I, bread
3: good at this didn't game.
2: exist when. Here she is having the first ever uh-huh. sliced bread sandwich. <laughs>
1: right there Betty White is also older than trampolines instant coffee the ballpoint pen and this one floored me traffic lights
2: (gasps) shut shut the fuck up
1: there were no traffic lights in 1922
2: but didn't they have a car I'm pretty sure the car yes okay and you would get to a busy
1: intersection and you would just die figure it out you would just drive into someone
3: make it work wow yes Betty she's old she's bold she's doing the damn thing
1: she didn't look so good at the Emmys. Yeah. I felt bad. That was the first time that I ever saw Betty White where she wasn't quite with it.
3: Looking like
1: and sound, you know, her voice is, yeah. is weaker. She doesn't have that sharp, you know, the thing about Betty White's always been her timing. Yeah. Her timing's Shop always been way. impeccable. Right. And she kind of got flustered and listen, she's 96.
3: <sighs> she's up there. But
1: um yeah, I just I wanted her she's to live so forever.
3: Crazy, I know it's it's going to be I don't want to talk about it.
1: Number 7 is a fact that I read and then I researched, and I read about it, and I still don't understand it. But here it is.
3: All right.
1: Alaska is simultaneously the most northern, the most western, and the most eastern state in the United States. Yes. Does this make sense to you, JB?
2: Yes, because it's all in the corner. And kind of, if we break it up into hemispheres, right? All right. So I just did a whole bunch of math in my head real quick. So I broke it up into the actual state first because it's, it's in the top corner, but it's in the east. Bring up the hemispheres. This is the northern hemisphere stuff. We, but it's not in the south. This is how confusing what more. I talk about, but I do understand it. it it's weird to be. JB's
1: like Mister Garbled Wizard.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like the, the well, what it is is. I think it it's
1: that it's so high on the globe. Yeah, that the lines of um, longitude start to converge and get really really close together so the higher you are or the lower you are Mm -hmm. you can be both east and west simultaneously whereas when you're on the equator you've got these big fat uh this big fat distance between east and west um good for alaska alaska's aleutian islands stretch right up the ridge of the western hemisphere at the 180 degree line of longitude um it's also uh they also stretch across The eastern—it doesn't make sense to me. They're basically it borders the Russian Federation, but it's part of the United States. But it's—it's just—it's also fucking huge.
3: Basically, Alaska is verse.
1: Alaska is verse, and Alaska is everything. What's Alaska's catchphrase? Thirty days of night. Uh, Hi. Hi. I'm East and West. Okay, this one I knew. Honey never spoils. You can eat honey that's thirty-two thousand years old. The reason is that honey in its natural form has very low moisture. It's very dry, much like Betty White, I would imagine. Oh dear. Very few bacteria or microorganisms can survive in an environment like, uh, like honey, so they just die. Um, they have actually dug up honey from egyptian tombs from you know tens or hundreds of thousands of years ago and they all you have to do is heat it up by the way this goes for you if you've got honey in your cabinet and it's dried up just pop it in the microwave for a few seconds it'll come back to life now honey is not vegan i should mention for my vegan friends yes but i eat it, it for bees i eat it anyway it doesn't bees are not hurt by the taking of their honey.
2: Yeah, so I don't understand why can't you eat honey.
1: It's not Because you're not supposed to eat any animal products, and bees make honey essentially by vomiting. <laughs> you
3: know what I just realized? Oh,
2: my God. Okay, I'm so sorry, Coach, but that, that's even a better reason to be vegan. You're eating the byproduct of an animal that's not being hurt at all.
3: Well, I
1: think they believe that we are hurting them by the keeping of beehives and the harvesting of beehives. It, it's, it's definitely an argument to be made. Um, I just... Honey is, by all accounts, healthy for you. It's a it's a healthier form of sugar than cane sugar or um, corn syrup, certainly. So, sorry vegans, I'm gonna eat it.
3: We didn't have any apples and honey this year.
1: I know. Oh yeah, for uh, the Jewish holidays, belated Shana Tova to all my uh, my Hebrew brethren. Is Marty Thomas Jewish? I don't even know. We'll have to find out. Because Marty is such a Jewy name, but like Thomas, not so much. We'll find out when we talk to him in just a few minutes. Okay, here's another exciting fact. For every human being on Earth, there are approximately 1.6 million ants. I don't mean aunts. (laughs) I mean ants.
3: Honestly, like, the life of an ant is so devastating and sad. But
1: right now, for every Ryan Frost egg, there are 1.6 million ants crawling around. The total weight of all those ants, of all the, the weight of all the ants on the earth right mm-hmm. now, is the same weight as all the humans on the earth.
3: That's insane.
1: That's how many fucking ants there are. JB uh, is not excited no, or interested. No, because
2: ants that. equals spiders, and spiders I have arachnophobia. It bothers my spirit. And, and I just... love a bug's life though,
3: and the movie Ants. Uh, the, yeah, two great both, movies. Both about movies ants. are really
2: great. Not what we're talking
3: about. Spiders yeah, bother yeah, my okay.
2: spirit, and bugs. Create bugs call spiders, and it's just one terrible chain.
1: I hate insects, and again, I'm gonna infuriate my vegan brethren, but I will kill an insect if it's in my house. Okay, they don't right. fucking belong there, I don't want them there.
2: I killed three spiders yesterday, I felt proud but scared.
3: We have um. A, a... spiders
1: are important though to the, e- uh, I, don't I mean, care. spiders kill Listen, as, y- as in you my just.
2: peripheral. is in my peripheral, it's all my stuff. I see you, you should not be here. If you want to survive, you should be in the corner over there. Not in my stuff, in the area I use. Go away. <laughs> Go
3: off, Jay. Go off. Um, we have a, at, at work, we have a, um, a wand for mosquitoes that- I'm you, sure you do. You basically, you like wave it like a tennis racket. It's shaped like a tennis racket and you wave it. And when one flies into it, it zaps it and dies. Oh, I need that.
1: It's I don't nice really have bugs in comes. my apartment most of the time, but just today I was cleaning the bathroom and there was one of those very- slow moving fruit flies buzzing around Mm -hmm. and i fucking hate a bug in the bathroom of all places and i was vacuuming and i vacuumed that shit up it went right into the vacuum cleaner and was never seen again
3: i had two flies and it appeared that they were fornicating oh my goodness and at that point only
1: in your apartment would this be happening
3: i know but at that point they were having the flies were getting more action the night was listen
1: you got dicked down i know when last we spoke before, this was before so, the dicking down well there's a lot of action Actually, happening. i
2: understand that very well i'm a i'm also a very sexual creature but i don't get dicked out too often it's sad you want to have sex
3: every day but you but can then when it happens it's all right so we're going great. off topic here okay. Okay. Sorry, let's sorry, get sorry.
1: to let's get to the final fact of uh amazing but true facts number 10 One in every 5,000 babies is born with a condition known as imperforate anus. This this means the baby is born without an anus and has to have one created manually in the hospital.
2: Clearly, she's not gay.
1: (laughs) Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe the the manual anus works just as well for fucking.
3: With the manual anus. I mean, can you custom it? Can you? I have. Can <laughs> you make it particularly tight? Like a certain kind of like color. Uh, I
1: would want. Um, who's that? That porn star with the perfect asshole.
3: Oh, there's so many. The one who
1: started out when he was underage. Sean, is it Sean Corrigan? Oh, Brett Corrigan. Brett Corrigan. Yeah. 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 Derek always talks about how he is the Pink perfect type, perfect asshole. That's the one I would want if they were going to give me. I if I had an imperforate anus. <laughs>
3: Yes, I
2: love that asshole. She is beautiful, and tight, and kept together. And I so do the men that come through.
1: Congratulations. All right, on to a more serious story. This actually um, happened. This study came out a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't have time for it last week because we were running around like crazy people trying mm-hmm. to get our phoners to work. A recent study reported uh, in the Daily Beast found that a quarter, a fourth of young gay and bisexual men have never been tested for HIV.
2: That is whoa,
1: really. That's insane. Troubling.
2: That is troubling.
1: And even though PrEP could stop the HIV epidemic in its tracks, only 4.1 percent of sexually active HIV-negative gay and bisexual men in the United States are taking it. 4.1 percent. Most, at least, were familiar with the pill, but not all. Only about 52 percent of the 18 to 25 cohort. Said that they knew what PrEP was. And even more shocking, as I said, is that a quarter of these men, ages 18 to 25, had never been tested for HIV. Um, When you go older, when you go to the 34 to 41-year-old and the 52 to 59-year-old cohorts, it's like 8% have not been tested. So it's really a problem in the younger population. They're just not, they don't know their status and they're not bothering to find out.
3: Yeah, there's... Of course, there's a part of me <clears throat> that's not surprised, but then I'm, I also think like you know on the on the apps like Scruff and Grindr, you'll often find that there are advertisements for like Gilead and um, free STDs. Yeah, testing, like it it pops like up and you're kind of it, it's you you can't escape it. Like if you're if you're sexually active and not to say that every sexually active young gay person is on apps, but like I just feel like I mean I guess we're not doing enough to to educate and to really like if if you're going to put anything in anyone's face it should be it should be information about how to get prep how to have ac- to get access to it Yeah, um, I I, I agree tested. with the
2: information point cuz what cause what started me and my whole testing thing before even before I was HIV positive uh I sex ed helped and I did volunteer work for my local shelter and doing the hand out condoms and knowing what HIV is, I I think knowledge, once you have the knowledge, you can make the the better better choice for yourself. And to know that testing is something that you should do regularly.
3: And a lot of times, it's free. There's free testing, at least in New York City. Now, I don't know about
1: Well, that's the problem. I mean, when I think about New York, I think not only does everybody get tested, but every negative guy I know is on PrEP. PrEP. I mean, it's way higher than 4%. It's probably like 80%. But we are, we have access. We're in a bubble. Um, People who live here tend to have more money than they do in other places. You know, the cost for PrEP, if you're uninsured, is $1,000 a month. I remember. Most 18 to 25-year-olds are not going to be able to afford that. And also getting insurance is harder and harder. Yeah. Thank you, Donald Trump.
3: Yeah. I was and the Republicans, as you remember, for a while, just because I, I and my you
1: needed to be.
3: <sighs> yeah. Well, now we are.
1: Uh, of those men uh, in the sample who were familiar with PrEP, over 68 percent expressed a favorable attitude toward the medication. I think the the biggest issue is we're, we've been a victim of our own success in the gay male community when I was growing up. When I was in my you know, teens and 20s, all we heard about was AIDS. Right. Every single day on the news, it was all the people who were suffering and dying from AIDS. So when I became a sexually active gay man, that was all I thought about. I'd never had sex without thinking about HIV. Right. Um, so I was obsessive about getting tested and for a long time using condoms, sure. and then I wasn't, and that's when I became infected. So the, please, if you're negative, get tested, or if you're not sure what your status is, get tested. If you can possibly find access uh, to PrEP, you should be on it. And if you are PAUSE, um, see your doctor regularly, take your meds as prescribed, get your levels done. There is a way to stop this epidemic. We, we are stopping it, but we could do even more to prevent new infections. Yes. In, um, in other grim news, a Republican politician has been sentenced to 15 years in prison for sex trafficking a teenage boy. We actually talked about this story when it happened uh, initially in March of 2017. This was an Oklahoma state senator named Ralph Shorty. He was found in a hotel room with a teenage boy. Text messages showed that he promised the teen, quote, money for spring break in exchange for sex stuff. That's hot, isn't it? Can I have some sex stuff, please? Uh, Shorty, of course, is uh, married, Republican, anti-gay, and a born-again Christian.
2: Sounds all the
3: things a classic gay man would be. Mm-hmm. Go, Shorty. Go to prison. You better go to prison like your sex buddy.
1: He, this guy's a real kook. He <clears throat> made headlines in 2012 when he proposed a bill to ban the consumption of aborted fetuses as food, something that has never happened. It, it, nowhere in the world was anyone eating aborted fetuses, but he, he still proposed this bill because he wanted to show how much he hated right. abortion. Of okay.
2: course. So this might sound wrong, but just, are aborted fetuses used for stem cell research?
1: Yes. Right. So you not. Don't... No, I'm sorry. Not aborted fetuses. What they use are frozen embryos that would otherwise be discarded. Oh. When a woman has her embryos frozen and then she either has a baby or decides not to use any of those other embryos, they throw them away unless they're used in research.
3: Got you. Which I think they should always be used in research.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Shorty resigned the the state Senate almost immediately after being arrested. In November, he pleaded guilty to child sex trafficking charges so that prosecutors would drop three additional charges against him of child pornography. Uh, He was sentenced after a hearing in which he apologized to constituents and his fellow Christians, he said, quote, I have destroyed my family by leading a double life. I have sinned for the past few years. So now he'll be in prison for 15 years. And from what I hear, child molesters do not do very well nope. in prison. No,
2: they have don't. Fun. There is a degree of crimes. A, uh, I've got that word. It's school, Rape? they call it? No, uh, the social ladder what they call the social ladder
1: Uh the pecking order
2: yes there is a pecking order in prison you get judged by what crimes you do mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. bad ass your crime is the more props you get but the more creepy your crime is the worse off it is in prison mm-hmm. have fun shorty
1: good luck shorty I mean listen I don't want anyone to be raped <clears throat> no but I'm glad he's going to prison yes and I'm glad another hypocrite has been exposed in lighter news are you guys watching the new queer eye for the straight guy
3: no no
1: I'm not either. Despite the fact that everybody say, like know. raves about it and says how great it is,
3: but in general, when people rave about things and we watch, them, let's
1: talk about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, shall let's we? Let's not
3: talk about it. Every I person mostly straight women who
2: who love the show. I'm just like
1: JB. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people have randomly messaged me on Facebook, like people that I don't even know. Are you watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? You would love this well, show. This, this show media, is made for you. Yeah. You know what? I watched three episodes of it, and I know it just won the Emmy for Best Comedy. It's awful. Basic. It's basic and awful. It's a terrible show. Stop telling me to watch it. It's yeah. not good. Now, Queer Eye, I have seen an episode. I thought it was lovely. Yeah. I just don't really need it in my life.
3: I'm partial to the to the original. I don't me know. too. I, I just those, those guys were just like... They were fun. So fun. It was Carson. A, Carson so Carson
1: made it. Yeah. Well, anyway, one of them is named Bobby Burke. Mm-hmm.
3: Bobby, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know which one he is. I think he's the one that's blonde. That's helpful. He's he's the Bernie. one that's um, food, mm, not food. He's the one, uh, uh, um, okay. grooming. Okay, he, short hair, beard. He's blonde, blonde
2: right? Work. Yeah.
1: All right, I'm it doesn't up. matter. Okay. He found himself in some hot water after he posted a photo on his Instagram account alongside Candace Cameron Burr. You know who that is?
3: Yeah, of course. DJ.
1: Candace Cameron Burr was DJ on Full House, and she still, I guess, plays that character on the newly revamped Full House, which which is Fuller House, terrible. which is supposed to be terrible. Um, Candace who is the sister of Kirk Cameron, Mm -hmm. is a born-again Christian homophobe, who in 2015 sided with bakers who refused to serve same-sex couples in support of their religious freedom. But there she was, smiling on the red carpet with Bobby Burke. Bobby! (laughs) Bobby! This recent controversy uh, around Cameron reignites an earlier controversy two years ago when uh, Cameron posed for a picture wearing a T-shirt that said, not today, Satan,
3: Oh and Bianca nice. Del Rio was not
1: having it, Bianca not having it. called her homophobic. <clears throat> she wasn't uh, having it today.
3: She wasn't having it yesterday. She, she exactly.
1: It. And Cameron wrote back to Bianca, why do you have to be so nasty to me? You don't know what's in my heart. I'm not homophobic. And I have always said, and I, wait. I am not homophobic and always sad when people think otherwise. Loving Jesus doesn't mean I hate gay people or anyone. No, it doesn't. But saying that you support bakers who refuse to, su- to serve gay couples does. does make you homophobic, cunt.
3: And that's that.
1: Burke, who has often opened up on the show about his struggle to embrace Christianity after experiencing religiously motivated homophobia as a teenager, replied, quote, Pretty sure that kind of attitude is what we're trying to stop on Queer Eye. He addressed fans' criticism more extensively in a video that he uploaded to Instagram saying, Cameron is a human and an artist just as I am, and the whole basis of Queer Eye is to learn to be able to coexist and learn from people who think differently from you. I do not know her views. <laughs> Wait, this is what he said. I, don't, I do not know her views. I am against her views. Well,
2: Bitch, no. you either know
1: Boy. them... And you're against them, or, or you, you don't, don't know, know them.
2: them. Learn English for a But yeah, as a person,
1: yeah. I love her just as we should all love each other. Listen, I'm all for loving each other.
3: However. I
1: think people need to be held responsible for their words and their actions. Yeah. I'm not going to stand there and pose for a photo with Bill Cosby. Right. I'm not going to stand there and pose for a photo with Roseanne even though I did back in the day before we found out that yes. she was a Trump supporting racist. Yes. Um no. She needs to and, and 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 we maybe we don't know what's in her heart but we know the things that she said and they're harmful. They yeah. hurt our community.
3: Now, if if he was uh with her to have a conversation about th- the comments that she has made and to sort of Bring light to that and like that have would sort have been of better than this bullcrap. Exactly, because it just—I mean, it, what they were just posing on the red carpet, their friends. That, that, yeah, that was all it was. I mean, who knows if they're actual
1: friends? They're they show business friends.
3: Well, he said he loved her.
1: I just think when people like Candace wear the Bianca T-shirt or pose with a gay guy from Queer Eye, I think they're trying to have it both ways. They yeah. want to like appease their their LGBTQ fan base if they're if they have any. Right. At the same time homophobic and trying to appeal to the right-wing Christian and you can't have it both ways you have to make a choice
3: well it's like I remember um, I knew this girl in high school who was like loved me being gay and loved like having the sort of gay male straight female relationship with me but felt very strongly that gay marriage or that marriage was between a man and a woman so it's like how can we have any relationship if you feel this way. Right. It's
1: kind of like when a racist person says, like, you know, I have this one black friend who's really cool. He's not like those other black people. Right. Well, well that black friend should fucking walk away from be you <laughs> because that's yeah, that's not good. That's racist. All right. Uh, thank you, JB. That's, do we have that, that drop?
2: Oh, <laughs> I have to pull up the derivative one. <laughs> that's
1: all right. Um, OK, let's go to our pride update. Because pride continues across the world, Ryan. It never ends, even though we are now well into fall.
3: God, I love this song. Today
1: is the Blue Ridge Pride Festival in Asheville, North Carolina. Woo! And that's it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the, the pride, the pride
1: celebrations are dwindling as we get further and further away from the summer. <laughs> But we wish everyone in Asheville, North Carolina, which, by the way, is a fabulous city, um, a very happy Blue Ridge Pride Festival. I I don't know if they were affected by the flooding from Florence. I hope not. Once again, we wish everyone in the Carolinas uh, a a speedy cleanup and recovery from Hurricane Florence. And now, finally, we come to our guest segment, and I've been excited for this all week. Me too. me get my introduction because I wrote it out and it's very uh, detailed. Our guest today made his Broadway debut at the age of 11 in the musical The Secret Garden, and his career has not slowed down since then. He is a Grammy-nominated recording artist and actor who's been seen on stage in Broadway's Wicked and Xanadu, as well as on TV's uh, Two Broke Girls and Grace and Frankie. Here is just a taste of the golden-throated Marty Thomas.
0: (laughs)
3: to the
1: Give a warm-ass welcome to Marty Thomas.
0: Yes.
1: Welcome, Marty. Hi, Marty. Yeah,
0: thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone.
3: Our studio, studio audience is going
1: crazy for you. Marty, you've I been patiently you. waiting over on the sofa, <laughs> listening to our filthy conversation. I
0: love your filthy conversation. I was dying that I couldn't get involved.
1: Thank you. We should have just had you involved.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just, I never know. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Maybe you don't want to comment on Candace Cameron Burr. I don't...
0: Um, her mother was my first agent. What? Really? I know. And it was uh, one of those like life moments of like, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm living. The Cameron's real. mom are my agent. And I was like, borderline devastated when I first read what a horrible human being she <laughs> is. <laughs>
1: and Kirk Cameron is even worse. Well, Kirk's a I, I have
0: a really distinct memory of like one of my earliest um, self-hatred spirals were because of their mother of her telling my mother in front of me how they needed to get control of me and butch me up or I would never work.
1: So the mom was like that too.
0: Fully. Oh yeah.
1: It's so gross.
0: It's gross. But like I was a child actor in the eighties. So I have a lot of memories of people telling my mother that I was destined for failure and homelessness.
1: Well, clearly they were wrong. Fuck them. I I want to, I was thinking about you and I was thinking about when, when I was 11 I was doing musical theater, too, but I was doing it like in my hometown of Summit, New Jersey for, you know, several dozen people. You were doing it on Broadway. What do you remember from that experience?
0: You know, it's an odd odd thing to think about because I was a child actor, but a lot of it was um, uh, a lot of my motivation was based on getting out of my hometown. I felt very. Which was where? Trenton, Missouri. Oh, wow. Very tiny farm community where I didn't feel safe. And I don't, I, I don't really understand how I knew I was unsafe. Um, and it's not like I had uh, some horrifying childhood or anything. Like, my parents were really good to me and lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere. But at the same time, I knew I needed to get out of that town. And uh, started finding opportunities to get out of town if I would sing. And I I figured out quickly at like six, seven years old that That you were going to sing your way out out of Missouri. It was just what got me attention and what got me anytime I would find an opportunity to get out of town. If there was like a tiny bit of money, my mom was just as excited to get out of town. So she would go with me. And uh, so I figured out early on that that was an easy way to manipulate the scenario. Yeah. Uh, So I wrote letters in crayon. I sent cassette tapes that I made on my like. You know, old school, my first Casio. Mm-hmm. And my mom got super on board and was
3: working just as hard to find opportunities. and So you got to have a
1: good stage mother. Absolutely, My mother wanted nothing to do with me.
3: My mom wanted to be a stage mom, but it's, it's a full-time job. It's a full-time
1: job.
0: Well, my, I was the last of four kids, mm. and I, my mom wanted out. Yeah. Like, you know, my dad is awesome as hell. And he really was super supportive, as supportive as a Republican farmer can be of his ultra gay son. Um, And, you know, my sisters are there's 13 years between us. Wow. So it was like my dad was focused on my brother and my mom was focused on me, kind of. So she was super jazzed to get out of town and come to New York.
1: So how do you get from Missouri to the cast of The Secret Garden.
0: Um, I was doing a show, I was doing shows at a giant regional theater in Kansas City called Starlight Theater. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar? Kansas I've heard City, of it. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a huge, huge, huge theater. And they had, um, it was a lot stronger in the 80s and 90s than it is now, but they have like such an amazing public outreach program mm-hmm. that regional theaters are very smart when they reach out to ch- actors to be in their shows because it brings in an immediate built-in audience yeah so every year they do a show like Annie or Camelot or something where they can have a children's chorus so uh every summer I would go and audition for this children's chorus and for me it was a giant deal because I learned so much and met some incredible people and incredible actors and um the young girl who's playing Annie in the summer of 88 mm-hmm. uh, became my really close friend she was really cool and she had already done a few Broadway musicals and lived in Kansas City proper which was a couple hours from my dad's farm so it was like metropolis to right? Me. And uh, as you know, in the 80s, like we didn't have Google and we couldn't research where Kansas City seemed like the fanciest place on earth. It was awesome. Right. That was the city. It was it. Yeah. It was like, you know, the old Land. So um, she had a New York agent and I had no idea what that meant, but I wanted in. And she gave me an address and we wrote letters and sent cassettes and I got a call from this agent asking my dad to bring me to New York to audition for these three shows. And my God. dad was like, Huh. <laughs> no, what were, what were the other two coming. shows? Uh, Le Mes, Will Rogers, and Secret Garden. Wow! Yeah, that is amazing. It was like a Did really you feel like season.
1: you had won the lottery? I mean, I would have been freaking out. I,
0: I wish that it, it were just. It was. It was definitely a year where I was um, feeling my oats, and <laughs> I was finding. You were like, I got this. I had it. I knew I booked it. I just knew I was going to book it. Um, I just was having a, a, a year. You know, like you're a performer, Adam. Like the, you have those years where. You and I met at your comedy show, so you're you're a performer. (laughs) Uh, You have those years of Green Light Go, and you have definitely years of Red Light Stop, Mm -hmm. and it was a Green Light Go year. Everything I tried was working out, so I really didn't have any reason to think I wouldn't book it. Right. You know?
1: It's so great when you're young and you don't have any reason to doubt yourself yet. Just for that
0: brief moment. And like, you know, that day my dad had taken me, I was told to go to this vocal coach. My agent told me. His name is Robert Marks. I mean, he's worked with everybody. And my dad walked me to the door and gave me a $100 bill, which might as well have been $10 million. Right. Oh, yeah. And in my head, it clicked. Holy cow. My dad has all the faith in the world in me. This is mine. This agent said I had to have this voice lesson. So my dad's like, take my $100. And for my dad, $100 is mint. So after that voice lesson, I went to this audition one after another. And these like weird, I remember them being ratty old warehouses, but they were probably the casting offices I go to today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But in my head, some parts of that time of my life are vivid AF, and some of them feel like maybe they were oh, a made-for-TV movie I saw at one point.
1: So, so how long were you in the Secret Garden?
0: Just under a year.
1: And it, was it just magical?
0: Uh, at times. Like, it, it, it wasn't the farm, and I was being exposed to, like, I was... I mean, let's be honest, if I, I was seeing black people for the first time. And I was meeting gay people for the first time to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, and I was just being exposed to things. I would say stupid farm bullshit and some cultured New York kid would be like, what'd you just say? Right. And school me and get my brain thinking. And, uh, I just had a lot of uh, (laughs) aha moments that year, but it was a huge year. Like I, at the time child labor laws weren't what they are today. So I did eight shows a week and went to school full time and auditioned, and did appearances, and uh, tried to have a life, and, you know, I was 11.
1: Yeah, I, I saw the Annie documentary, where they had a lot of the Annies together to talk about it, and Sarah Jessica Parker was saying how, you know, in those days, those kids were just wildly unsupervised. They would go, they would do a show, and then they'd all go to Studio 54 and hang out, and they were kids.
0: Mm, it wasn't quite like that you <laughs> for me. Yeah. It, it was a while after that. Like, Annie kind of broke the mold, because a lot of those kids gotten a lot of trouble but uh you know we broke the mold for a lot of people like a lot of child labor laws changed after us (laughs) because at the time it was like you know Britney Spears and Laura Bell Bundy and Lacey Chabert and there were a lot of us on Broadway at the moment or off Broadway whatever um and like you know I'm not going to name names but there was the little girl who peed in the coffee pot name it I want to know I can't I can't. Was it Daniel Brisbois? <laughs> no. Um, no, I still know this girl, and I would never call her out because it is painful. But it happened. Uh, but those kinds of things that we did have, we had a Wrangler, what they call a Wrangler in theater. I guess they do it in TV, too. I don't know. Yeah, but that sounds right. there's somebody on staff. Like, I work at The Lion King. I do wigs at The Lion King now, and we have Wranglers that are always watching the kids. And the way that these Wranglers watch the kids were, is very much more hands-on yeah. than the way we did.
1: So after Secret Garden, do you stay in New York or do you go back to Missouri?
0: Well, I went back to Missouri because the, I lost my Secret Garden concert because my voice started dropping. Mm.
1: Uh, Which is weird because today you sing basically in a female register.
0: Well, I, my, my only theory about that is that my, my parents were so supportive and they constantly were finding new opportunities for me to keep performing and keep motivated. And I feel like a lot of child actors lose motivation mm-hmm. when they lose um, confidence in themselves. And because my parents were really kind of rad about finding ways for me to keep motivated and keep singing and keep writing and working, that um, I think I sang through my voice change. So I never had like the typical crack that Mm -hmm. guys have. Um, I just sort of dropped uh, register a tiny, a little bit. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really crazy. But like I listened to videos of myself when I was 12 and it was like octaves higher. It was Boy Soprano. Range, but I just didn't know what I was doing, really.
1: Right. So you go back to Missouri, and was it like a huge letdown? Are you like, oh, fuck, I hate my life now. Giant
0: letdown. Um, Yeah, I thought I was going to be so excited, and I thought I was going to be, I was ready for a break because I was so exhausted, Um, but I got back and realized why I wanted to leave, and my, we found, I went to Branson. Missouri, Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of it? Sure. It's like, they call it the country music capital of the world, but it's like where country music legends go to die. And I did, uh, I did a lot of really great shows. I did the Johnny Cash show. I did the Glenn Campbell show, the Presley's Jubilee. The uh, I did a, a little band called the Young Branson Stars. And, it's uh, kind of
1: like a, a, a Nashville slash Broadway of the Midwest. It's
0: like the theme park of Broadway.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. Yakov Smirnoff has his own theater there. Oh my there. gosh,
0: you know Yakov. Oh, sure. Yakov Smirnoff and Shoji Tabuchi, mm-hmm. the uh, Asian violinist with a dream. And uh, he's famous for having uh, multi-million dollar bathrooms in his theater. Mm. People legit go to his theater not to see the show. To use the bathrooms. Just to go to the bathroom. Sort of like vinyl. I love a good bathroom. Oh, R.A.P. vinyl. Whoops. So
1: So you're in Branson. Yeah. And then at what point do you come back to New York?
0: Uh, I was there for a few years. um, Came back to New York to finish my senior year of high school. uh, Just to spend a little, I, I think. My mom and I started realizing that I was um, my time with my dad was quickly dwindling, you know,
1: in the sense that your relationship was uh...
0: I just didn't know him Hmm. because I hadn't spent much time with him in several years in my formative years, Mm -hmm. you know, because between the age of like 10 and 16, I was not home. ever. So um, I went home to finish my senior year, had a pretty cool year, and it was kind of a nice little break. I was singing a lot at home and in church, but then I went to business school and uh, moved to New York.
1: Why business school?
0: Um, I didn't know that there were other things you could do. I didn't know. We didn't have Google. I didn't have a computer. So I didn't know that you could be a musical theater major or a music major. How can that
1: be? I I, feel like somewhere along your Broadway uh, and, and Branson... Travels, you would have met people who had gone to musical theater schools and conservatories and so forth. It, it I might really have, wasn't.
0: Yeah. But maybe who knows, maybe they were just, um, not talking to me about it or maybe I was too self involved to listen. Yeah. Uh, quite possible, but I didn't know.
1: So I, you spent four years of college, not performing.
0: I performed, um, like b- to get my scholarship because mm-hmm. I, I got a full ride scholarship. I had to be in choir. I was a cheerleader, of I course. had to uh of course I had to do theater, but I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to do What all school of were this. you at? University of Missouri, Kansas City for two years. Uh-huh. Um, but I started at a small uh, Christian college in near Hannibal, Missouri. Um, you know, Hannibal Joe with the shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the the shoes.
3: Hanover,
0: um called Culver Stockton. I started there, but both schools I had to participate quite a bit to get those scholarships.
1: Did you have a lot of gay sex at the Christian college?
0: No. No, <laughs> I did not.
1: When when do you come out or when do you Why weren't you aware?
0: It was like the. It was the summer I moved to Kansas City to go to the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Like, and I I had known for a long time. It's just not safe to talk about it. No, you know.
1: Especially at that time.
0: At that time, it was not. Even when I moved to New York in 2000, um, it was casting directors were really very clear: gays don't work. You can be a chorus boy. That's all you're going to be able to do.
1: Isn't that crazy, Ryan? When you think about how how many gay people there are, not only on, on the Broadway stage, but behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. It's still a giant issue. I mean, that they're not hiring. There's like a puddle of gay men who are getting lead roles and who are playing straight characters or playing any character. And uh, it's a, it's a straight-dominated business, the entertainment business, still. Even though there's tons of gay men working, you don't have a giant puddle of gay men who are getting
3: roles. Yeah. I, I went to school for musical theater and um, <clears throat> the head of my program was very like a uh, old school, you know, been in original companies from shows in the eighties and um, ooh, there's some I volume. Know Ryan oh. just got louder. Like, give Hi. me more Ryan, please. Yes. Um, but it was, it was very much that if you were a gay guy, if you weren't a dancer, uh-huh. you had to be butch. Oh yeah. You had to butch it up. And I, I was a mover, but I wasn't really like a dancer and I'm not like super flamboyant, which would have put me in the more like character actor, you know, kind of realm. So it was sort of this really confusing. There was no one to nurture me and be like, just be yourself. Just be yourself. And it was very much like if you want to work, you need to butch it up.
0: I now I did have some very nurturing voices. Um, Billy Porter Mm -hmm. held my hand very carefully. Um what
1: a great mentor. Uh, oh my god. Amazing. We met
0: on Star Search mm. in ninety two, maybe. He was doing Saigon and I was doing Secret Garden. And uh we met at Gypsy the Year and I knew he was doing Star Search and we were gonna be on the same episode, so I approached him. And he's been such a mentor to me ever since. I sang on his um Corner of the Broadway and Soul album and he's been he's oh, been a really I good love man that Album, But he Often would remind me and kind of pull me aside and say, "People aren't going to be accepting immediately of who you are and what you do, but you've really just got to stick to your guns and do what you do, and let them catch up." Right. Thank God you had that. I, you know, yeah. Thank God I had him. He was an. A- he is an angel. He's an angel.
1: I've had this argument with my mother before because you know, anytime I say like, "Oh, Tom Cruise is gay" or "John Travolta is gay" or whoever, she's like, "You think everyone in Hollywood is gay?" And I'm like, "Mom, think about." boys who do musical theater or theater period when they're in high school and college and on Broadway, the vast majority of them are gay. What do you think happens when they move to Hollywood and become TV and movie stars? Do You think they suddenly become heterosexual? Like gay people go into the arts that we are attracted to the arts and we seem to intrinsically have this talent. So of course most actors are gay. Of course they are.
0: I mean, I think it's, it's more than just a talent. It's, um, I spent a lot of my formula- formulative years uh, manipulating scenarios mm-hmm. and lying to fit in and to... Yes, we learned yeah. how to be myself. actors. Yeah. Yes. And I learned that I could have happiness in the confines of those four walls of theater. And I could pretend. an escape. And things could be... I could pretend. Yeah. And but I, I, I also just be think, a liar.
1: I also just think we're more talented than straight people. <laughs> oh,
3: absolutely.
0: Absolutely. But you know, Elton John came out two years ago. So like the, it's, it's a, it's a, he very, came out
1: a while before that, but he not came out legally. As, he came out as bi in the seventies.
0: Bi is not gay. I know he came out like, think about yeah. when artists are coming out in their, I don't know how old Elton John is. 60s.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, but he's been he's been open about his relationship with um what's his name, David Furnish for quite a while.
0: How long? Because I, over
1: 10 years. They've got children together.
0: Well, time is getting crazy and moves fast. But what I I guess my point is, a lot of actors that have obviously been gay for a long time are just are still just coming out. Sure. It's like Colton it's a very Hayes. dominated business. Would you say JB?
2: Colton Hayes was yeah. one of these gay actors who when they when he came out as gay, was written off Arrow, a uh, CW show, and then he came back later on in smaller series. But to prove that when you come out as openly gay, there's not much roles for you, oh, uh, someone else, he plays Kid Flash. He came out as pansexual to the point that he got removed off the Flash show and put it onto a lesser CW show. Hmm. So I, And I don't
0: know these kids, but yeah. what, what's the kid, the kid that was in that... Um that porn movie, and he was in the Hairspray live.
3: Um, ugh. so cute in King Cobra. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: I can't put my finger on his name, but he, but he
3: just came out.
0: And like, did anybody think he was straight? <laughs> no, but it's like it's a difficult it's it's difficult when you're told or you're made to believe somehow that your career or your dream will be affected if you are honest.
1: And what you've done, I feel like, is you 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 said, okay, these confines exist. I'm going to say, fuck it. And I'm just going to do my own thing and make my own opportunities. And that's yes. what you've done as a, as a cabaret performer, as, as a producer, as a host, as someone who created this incredible diva show. You kind of said, like, if these are the rules, then I'm going to make my own rules.
0: When you have to, you have to. you got to be a scrapper. right? Most of us have to. You have to. And like, you know, I, when I came to New York, I thought I was going to be a recording artist. Um, and, you know, I, I was to a certain degree. Just I was. You have never, a Grammy nomination. I was never going to get past a certain mark at that time in the early two thousands. You had to be a gay looking straight man. And that was who they were signing, <laughs> yeah. and that was who. And that was at a time when they were doing A and and I met with literally everybody. I was scrappy, and I got my my face in front of everyone. The,
1: there ever, was, you know, an attempt to turn you into a, a teen heartthrob.
0: There were many attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't going to work out because nobody was going to buy it and nobody was going to spend money to try. it. I don't to sell think
1: it. you're so obviously gay.
0: Uh, that's very kind of you. <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything
1: wrong with being obviously gay, no. but I-, I feel like you could have very much been a believable straight boy bander.
0: Hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to show you some footage <laughs> <laughs>
1: of you flailing you know, about. Seats.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was like a buck ten in in the shower. I was a really small twink, yeah. and a lot of that was because I couldn't afford food. But so's so is just...
1: Max. R- Ryan's friends with that uh, recording artist Max.
0: It's a different time. Who's now.
1: teeny, tiny. teeny and he, tiny and is straight by the way.
3: Straight, married, and super. But so small. Good for him. Yeah, but he's also very. I mean, in in the way that he dresses, he's very flamboyant. He doesn't apologize. He's just very much himself. Yeah, That's he's kind of, of what he's I kind was of
1: post do. post straight. Yeah, you know. But
0: in like 2001, I was showing up to gigs in like floor length white fur coats and white leather yes, pants mama. and bleach blonde I hair and
1: serving lukes.
0: Yeah, I was I was trying to live my life and be fancy and do my own thing. And, yes, like, queen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the, there were very few people that were doing that. Ari Gold was doing it. Adam Joseph was doing it. We yeah. were just like putting ourselves. This is pre queer eye. Yes. So.
1: You, you, I mentioned this before, you do sing in a, in a, a a higher register than most men. Um, your speaking voice sounds low to me. I, I imagine you do have a a big range and you can sing low. You just choose to, to, to sing in a woman's, uh, I can't
0: sing low. No, actually it, it eliminates me from a lot of male roles because I can't sing them. I don't have a super low range at all. Like middle C, I start to bottom out. Uh, yeah, I don't, Ryan bottoms
1: I don't. out at middle C. Truly,
0: yeah. <laughs> A through Z. <laughs> no,
1: Something but like that. that's interesting. So, does my
0: speaking voice sound low to you?
1: It doesn't sound high. It doesn't huh. sound low to me. I mean. I'm a baritone. I, I think you and I, our speaking voices are, are kind of are, are along the same.
0: I'm a fully clothed tone.
1: <laughs> but when you sing, you're not singing in falsetto. You're you're belting it belting out it in chest Sometimes voice. Sometimes I
0: am. Sometimes I do a
1: lot. Or you mix like it. Like a mix. I'm,
0: I'm in a pretty solid mix. I sing pretty hard. And if I sang the way I do in a full belt all the time, I think I would have had there, nodes years ago. Yeah. So um, it's a pretty calculated mix.
1: All right, Marty. In the time remaining, it is time to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions.
0: Oh, okay. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions.
1: Yeah. That's oh, that me song. singing, by the way. Uh, are you a Glinda or an Alphaba?
0: I'm an Alphaba. Yes.
1: What is the highest note that you can hit? An E. And do you hit it every time you have an orgasm?
0: Hmm been a while. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try to from now on. Can we
1: hear it? <laughs> no. Just go cold into a, a <laughs> an E above C. Um, boxers, briefs, or commando? Briefs. Interesting. Yes. Ryan, too. I love briefs. I Myself, I like the boxer brief hybrid.
0: Oh, My I mean, I can go girls. back and forth with the hybrid and the brief, but what? boxers are like, you've got to be kidding me.
1: I don't think anyone wears boxers no. anymore. They're uncomfortable. They are. Who is your celebrity crush besides me?
0: The Rock,
3: really? really
1: good answer. I do find him very that was sexy quick too.
0: I've got a lot of them, but they, do you uh,
1: like the big muscle guys?
0: I, I like all the guys. <laughs>
1: Same girl. I don't have like <laughs> a
0: a soups specific type, but he no penis does refused. It for me. I think it's The Rock and Melissa McCarthy are my celebrity crushes. <laughs> I would date either.
1: Uh, which celebrity? You first of all, we should mention you've opened for. Patty LaBelle, Barry Manilow, Grace Jones. I mean, iconic people. Which celebrity that you met or worked with made you feel the most starstruck?
0: Oh, gosh. There have been a few that have, like, gagged me a little bit. That I've worked with or just, like, been around.
1: Maybe just had a conversation with.
0: Um, I-, I sing back up often for Debbie Gibson. Mm-hmm. And she always... Like, we're friends, and I uh, am always just a little on edge around her.
1: Because when you were a boy, she was Yeah, I was
0: lost in her damn
1: eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever met Madonna?
0: Uh, No, I haven't. Cher? Yes, I have.
1: How is that? See, that Um, would kill me.
0: It was brief. I'm going to Vegas to see her for Halloween. Yes. And I'm beside myself. Um, It was brief, and it was, like, quick after a show that she came to a uh, Wicked and um, it was super fast. So, but it was definitely like a what just happened to me.
1: That would kill me. I met Madonna once and I couldn't speak. Really? I literally couldn't speak. Um, would you rather be a hammer or a nail?
0: Oh, gosh. That's an interesting <laughs> question. Stupid question. I mean, this is a modern world. I, I want to be a hammer and a nail. Okay.
1: Verse, honey. <laughs> yes. Best Broadway musical of all time, in your opinion.
0: Unpopular opinion, but bring it on.
1: Really? Really? Yes. Yes. Listen, it's Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah.
0: Like, maybe not the best musical of all time, but the one I enjoyed the most. Barring it on.
1: And your and finally your dream role.
0: Dream role. Hmm. Housewife.
1: (laughs) As in the Real real Housewives of New York City.
0: No just kept woman <laughs>
1: <laughs> all i am is just, just a housewife wife. just a housewife marty thomas you are a delight how can people follow you online and on social media
0: i'm on instagram at marty thomas loves you because he does I'm on Twitter At Marty Thomas B-W-A-Y Marty Thomas dot MartyThomas.com Is my website
1: And that's how people Can know when you're Coming to their town Or their cruise ship Or yes. what have you yes. Thank you so much For being here I adore you Thank you thank Ryan, you. JB Thank you We will be back Next Saturday At 11 a.m. Eastern We'll be talking to Dr. Evan Goldstein, Ask Doctor to the Stars. Oh, my God. Yes, he's going to be <laughs> <Yes>. here. Wow! <laughs> Don't forget to follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Subscribe to Derek and Romaine at DerekandRomaine.com. Email me at Adam at AdamSank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Be safe. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.